Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. This is part B. So betrayal is a perfect follow-up series for the series we just finished on You Got Hate Mail. Why do gossipers think they're getting away with lies? With the smiles. Why does that work for them? When you know of the despise and betrayal By the time we're even done with tonight, you're probably going to think of betrayal as one of the most horrific sins that could be committed. Can you imagine the gall to sell Jesus Christ to Satan by a kiss? The kiss is known by the Hebrews as a seal. A handshake is known by the Masons as a seal. It's where we got the handshake. It's a seal. Ask yourself the question, what are they sealing? That may be a little too tough to ask yourself. So let's talk about the act of the kiss of Judas. I just mentioned a moment ago amongst ministers of the gospel, this act is as common as the act of Judas betraying Jesus. Worse yet, is the pretentious expression of the fake intimacy from a loved one. What is pretension? I will give you this. In the Latin, it's where we get the word pretend. But Hebrew is far more nasty. Truth is, is that you are a murderer. You've decided to murder this relationship. You've decided to murder this friend's reputation. You've decided murder doesn't mean taking a physical life. That's why in the passage we're going to be talking about in a moment, when it talks about quarreling and conflicts among you, James literally calls us murderers. I'm not going to put icing on this tonight. You have murder in your heart when you're approaching this person. That's the real you. Now you have to pretend. You have to put on another person. You have to put on another person's identity. It's a costume. And you put on this costume to look like someone else that you're not. Then you do this great act of acting. Like the costume requires you to act. When in reality, you're a murderer. Indwell people can 
commit the act of murder in relationships. They can, and physically. Some of us know of those stories of true indwell believers who are in prison because they committed murder, physical murder, and they were indwelt when they did it. But we're mostly talking about those who are destroying, killing, selling people to Satan through gossip. Betrayal is the most arrogant outward behavior that the gossiper has. And they will lie to your face if you ever confront them about someone's gossip. If they do break down and feel bad, then you've caught them at a good spot in their timeline of being a gossiper. They may be new at it. But the older you get as a gossiper, the more calloused you become. So pretentious expression is setting another image in front of you that is of the evil one. That is Hebrew in pretension. You are putting the image of Satan in front of you between the person and you. And if you don't think that Satan cannot disguise himself as an angel of light, you're not reading your scriptures. Is Satan going to go to hell? Is Satan going to go to hell? Is Satan in hell right now? No. There is no hell yet. So what he has as an angel of light is that is his number one weapon is presenting himself as a nice person who shakes your hand, kisses your cheek, and says nice things about you, but he has only one intent on his mind, and that is to destroy you. So the Hebrew of putting Satan, Satan between you and the other person is pretension. And it is a little odd to say that all of us indwell believers do that from time to time. The modern Hebrew word for betrayal is bagad, which means exposed danger by treacherously giving information to the enemy for the strict purpose of destroying a person out of anger. Therefore, this series is well-placed following You've Got Hate Mail because it is the action that comes out of gossip. Gossip and betrayal are wedded partners. And in that it reveals, discloses, divulges, tells, gives away, leaks, Unmask, expose, bring out into the open, spill, tell a secret, sell a family member to the enemy. This act requires an individual who is disloyal to, be unfaithful to, these are all out of the Hebrew dictionary, be unfaithful to, double cross, break faith with, inform on or against, Give away, denounce, sell out, stab in the back. Yes, that's Hebrew. 
break one's promise to, and has a hidden hatred toward another. You see, when we have hatred or anger, we typically like to call it the soft shoes of anger. We don't like to call it hatred anymore. In fact, use that word sometime this week. You're probably going to get this statement back. I love this. Use hatred and the person, as I got this week, said, that's a very strong word. You better believe it is, and you got it. You can't say that. I'm not. Well, then you just bring out the list. You see, most people are in discipleship or counseling because of anger issues. It's called hatred, my friends. When you put a little bit of sin inside anger, it's called in the Hebrew, hatred. You can actually have anger without sin, and God himself would call it, do it. Be angry, but yet do not sin. As soon as you put sin and anger and mix it up, you have Hebrew hatred. This is very critical for each of us to grasp right now before we move on. Let's talk about uh, vengeance. Under the Hebrew descriptive, betrayal is the action that follows gossip. It's one thing to gossip about an individual, but quite another to take the act of vengeance to cement the gossip in its mainstay. Betrayal is the opposite of what the indwelling life of Jesus Christ would ever think about doing or prefer to do. Total opposite. To know that Jesus Christ has never demonstrated a single act of betrayal is absolutely amazing. And if Jesus Christ ever decided to betray you gossipers, now I just want to put it on file right now. Whenever I use the term gossiper, I'm using my own name. I'm just as vulnerable and weak to gossip as any other human. So I have a tendency to, to preach strong and preach direct, and I have the tendency to speak in such a way like I'm speaking at someone, which I do not apologize for. But you need to understand this. Vengeance is the biblical adjective, action that describes what comes out of a gossiper if they're not content with just spreading more stories. Once that vengeance begins to take place through this person, it's kind of like hardening the cement that you put the lies in. And that act of vengeance solidifies the long-term ramifications that the Jews were talking about. Remember I read you that story? They read to their children's children once a year. Remember the guy who gossiped about the rabbi? Then he came under conviction and came to the rabbi, sought his forgiveness and said, I'll do anything that I can 
to make this right with you. And the rabbi said, go take a feather pillow, rip it open and, and toss the feathers to the wind and then come back and see me. So he did. Thought he had made restitution with the rabbi. And the rabbi said, now, you can no more take back the words that you said about me than you can gather the feathers from the pillow. It's cemented. Any minister that is fairly decent with providing actions and to-dos with those that he is discipling or she is discipling knows that it always takes actions to cement beliefs. This is the action that cements lies, gossip. Here's our scripture again where it talks about never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. Here's our violation. When we, first of all, are mandated by Hebrew law, which is still relevant today. I kind of chuckle inside when people say to me, boy, you sure do speak the Old Testament a lot. It's because it's still alive and the law is going to send you to hell if you don't realize that. Grace is just for the indwelt believers. The law is very much alive. And we need to understand these principles. And what we have being presented in front of us is, is actually Paul taking the Hebrew and bringing it into a relevant society that was just happened to be going crazy at the time. The Romans were going back and doing some very twisted no-nos. So he brings the law back in and he's, and he's saying, this is God himself saying, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. What Paul is telling these people is, stop taking your cement bags to these meetings. Let it go. Stop this. Because your violation is stopping taking, stealing the prerogative of God for God taking the act of vengeance. Leave room. It's a command. It's a ruling. Leave room for the wrath of God. When you'd use evil to combat evil, please tell me the spiritual logic in that. It's like fighting the devil with the devil. It's like hiring one of his demons to fight another demon. We do that in cartoons, and we do that in these movies that are coming out, where you have demons fighting other demons, white demons fighting dark demons, and the yin and the yin, and this and that, and where we're so used to hiring demons to fight demons that it's not illogical anymore. 
Paul was basically appealing, hopefully to a group that would see, wow, you mean the real violation ears were taking God's job away from him? Yes, people, we call that Godship. Taking God's job. Here's how your average person of betrayal would read this passage. I want to remind our listeners, this is me rewriting this passage from a betrayer's perspective, a betrayer's mindset, by making use of the Hebrew words. And I go and quote it this way. Do unto others as they would do to you, even if it means to pay back evil for evil done to you. Only respect those who have earned it. Be at peace with those who express peace to you. But as for those who lack peace, betray them through the chosen forms of revenge. Expression or express anger in your actions by letting them know that you are angry. After all, vengeance is in the hands of the one who has been hurt. Withhold your loyalty, support, caregiving, and other forms of kindness. Always remember that doing nothing leaves the other with the impression that they are right in what they have done to you. Now that is an average way that a betrayer is taking action as a betrayer. Very critical piece. The other thing that I want you to understand here is that the expression of vengeance is not always slapping the other cheek. It's not always in trying to hurt the person physically. For children, the greatest act of vengeance is what is called backtalk. Backtalk is basically saying right here is that you didn't earn my respect, so therefore I'm not going to give you my respect. It happens with us adults. We choose to only respect those who have earned it. Or they handle their authority in gentleness. So when you put the verse out there from the scriptures that talk about submitting not only to good and gentle authorities, but also to those who are unreasonable and who are harsh, Not only do the majority of Indoor believers can't quote that verse, they don't even know where it's at. It's not a popular verse because it is not what we are taught to do as children. We're taught from the generation we just came from is to let our children express their opinions. Let them decide. Make them independent. Think it through. Go to your room and think about it. That's the last thing you'll ever have me do with my grandchildren. I don't want them thinking about their sin. I don't want them to try to come up with their own solutions. They need to be told what the solution is. 
and then give them the option of yes, I will submit to you, OPA, or no, I will not submit to you, OPA. If they do not submit to OPA, then consequences will come. If they do submit to OPA, we're going to have a good day. I handle my disciplees the same way even if they're in their 70s. What's your choice today? Choose this day whom you will serve. This isn't for four-year-olds, it's for 400-year-olds. You see, we've been given too much power of choice. And those powers of choice have turned us into mini-gods. And now we're battling a culture that has blended so many gods and religions that we're not even sure who God really is. Let's take a look at the uh, Hebrew word for betrayal. Rima. Not Rima. That's a very special Hebrew word. This is Rima. R-E-E. Betrayal literally translates out as what comes from the man of chaos. The danger being revealed here is a man who comes from chaos is a man of destruction. Try to stay with me on this. A man of destruction is a man of klima, dishonor, which means in pictorial Hebrew what comes from all chaos, not just a person of chaos, all chaos. I could give you more that's actually in the booklet, but I want you to download the booklet and read it from that Hebrew of all chaos means comes from the dark serpent. Everything coming out of that tree is called all chaos. The good, education, knowledge, Knowing God, believing in God, knowing Jesus, believing in Jesus, but not having him. Denying the power thereof. is klima. Those of you who love Hebrew probably have got goosebumps right now. In Hebrew law and customs, we find that a man of klima is a man of disobedience. Mara. Which means what comes out of bitterness. Bitterness is something that was sweet, that has poison in it. One drop of poison is all it needs, and it'll turn something that is sweet and good tasting, like water, like the Lake of Mariah. And it would become bitter. Mary, the mother of Jesus, it has two meanings. One is bitter water. And the other one is sweet water. Which is more to be talked about that in our next series. But we're talking about Mara, which is bitter water. It's bitterness. It's poison. And a man of Mara is one who is suffering the continuance of distress, tasar, which means a hooked man. It's like a man that is locked onto a fish hook. That's actually the Hebrew word picture. 
Those of you who enjoy fishing, so does Satan. So does Jesus. When he looked at Peter and says, I'm going to make you fisher of men. And that hook was for Peter's own stress. And God, Jesus Christ, used Peter's own stress of the moment to hook him. That's why I put those words in our new video tonight. Our new song we're going to be singing through this series is that don't pray away your sorrows. Embrace them. They're needed for the hook. That's what Tassar is. I want to be a hooked man by the fisherman. Well, this is from the satanic perspective. Here's our five points of betrayal. Number one, a hooked man is classified in the Hebrew as a donkey. A chamor. A donkey, or the word chamor, actually means an angry man. So when you see that dumb donkey, I know you're used to calling it something else. I think it's an ass. Yeah. Look up what ass is. It's a dumb, angry donkey. It's actually an association with a donkey because very early on the donkeys got labeled, even in the Hebrew, as an angry man. And there's another study that's coming up where stubbornness comes out of an angry man. They delay obedience. It's out of this pictorial Hebrew deduction that the modern Hebrew word bagad, which is what we started our talk tonight with. Number two, a refusal to provide the needs for their family, spiritual and natural. The consequences of such betrayal was a covert confession of denying the faith of their fathers. You see, Judas's great grievous sin was not necessarily selling Jesus to Satan. Because nothing could be done to Jesus that his father didn't permit. You see, Judas's greatest grievous point was he simply was denying the faith of Jesus Christ. And when you are of this new generation that seems to be flying around, as I had two pastors this week alone say to me, the need for reestablishing discipleship with young men and young women is absolutely critical in the church today. Because the church is imploding because there's no discipleship going on. Well, I have news for you listeners. Those of you who are of the cowardly nature and you can't be discipled because you can't be told what to do, you're in trouble. Number two, you pastors who are afraid to disciple others because you're afraid to tell people what to do because they're going to reject you and betray you, I say count your chicks because you will be betrayed. Betrayal, a donkey, is one who cannot be told what to do. That's why they got the association with being stubborn 
donkeys. Ass is not a swear word. It's actually a word that describes this condition. The consequence of such betrayal was a covert confession of denying faith. When you cannot be told what to do by your pastor, teachers, mentors, or spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers, you are basically saying, I deny your faith. When you deny their faith, if their faith is Christ's faith in them, you're in serious trouble. God will implode on a generation so fast you won't even know what happened to that generation. Because that's where we're going with this, is what does God say he's going to do with these Romans who were exchanging the natural for the unnatural and who were saying they believed in God but they denied him thereof? What, What happens to these people? Well, there's 18 items that describe what's going to happen to the people. And what I'm going to do in the series of, oh my God, my child's a millennialist, is I'm going to actually show you what has happened to our culture from our studies on betrayal and gossip. Say, wow, it just sounds so negative. Is this guy ever going to preach on positive things? No. Because the only positive thing is the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. And if you don't figure that out by listening to whatever message that we're preaching on, it is always about the indwelling life of Christ. There isn't any positive topics to talk about except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And He lives inside you if you are indwelt by Him. Number three, the pictorial Hebrew word for father is Av. Strength or leader of the house. It's the first thing Satan has to get rid of. Fathers. Do you understand that? See, a young man can't step up and diss his father unless one thing happens. He's already sold himself to the enemy. Back-talking kids have already sold themselves to the enemy. And if you are an indwelt child and you are doing this to your parents, it's time to do a U-turn and get on your knees and repent because it's going to kill you. This was Judas's greatest crime against Jesus. What he did under Jesus, he did under Jesus' father. The ramifications of such destruction was the father treating Judas. I hope you're going to get this. Worse than someone who's going to hell. Do you understand that? Worse than an unbeliever. Well, that got me really, really curious. In fact, it took me 18 pages writing on it, studying the Hebrew, to get that little piece. What does it really mean to be treated by God worse than an unbeliever? I'll just tell you tonight, it's horrid. Most of us, unless you are following the new millennial Jesus... 
Know that an unbeliever suffers horrid consequences, that of eternal damnation, thinking that's probably the worst. Of course, unless they become an indwell believer. Five, so what exactly does it look like to be treated worse than an unbeliever? You might want to carefully walk through the full story of how Jesus found Judas, the pathway they walked together. And just for those of you who do not know the history, the minimal history, Judas was considered the banker for the disciples. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's all there in the story of Judas from beginning to end, literally how he dangled from a tree, being tortured to the tree, through the hanging, and eternally. The level of punishment that takes place in damnation is dependent on God's decision. Here's a fact. Betrayers are filled with quarrels and conflict. So the scripture is, what is the source of quarrels and conflict among you? Is it not the source of pleasures that wage war with your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. Okay. You're envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You want to know why you kids fight and quarrel? You're reading it. Satan wants to form murder in your heart. When you backtalk your parents, it's the earliest manifestation of murder. The reason why you see kids quickly fight each other is because they are not indwelt. Their flesh is birthed to quarrel, to fight. Now some of you who have received the indwelling life of Christ, it's a carryover, habits, like we all have. And that has to be worked out in our salvation. But that's why you have it. He says, you do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Why? So that you can give it to your neighbor in love. No, it's so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So what do you do? You lie and you manipulate when you tell the stories to your mommy and daddy. You lie and manipulate as you're gossiping. You lie and manipulate as you get caught. You lie and manipulate as you, you get put on the on the carpet, so to speak, by the Holy Spirit. The way we lie to the Holy Spirit, because most of us are not idiotic enough to know we better not blaspheme the Holy Spirit, so what we do is we go silent. It's like a parent trying to address to you, and the child in their donkeyism stands there and just goes silent, thinking they have full control of their parent. You do not. You're losing the game. Silence is rebellion unless it's submission to the indwelling life of Jesus. All forms of silence is rebellion unless you are silent 
through the Lord Jesus Christ. Madan, looking at the pictorial for quarrel, the word quarrel, Madan, is overwhelming judgment. The secondary word quarrelsome is finding contentment in strife. Since the Hebrew word for judgment, Dan, which was one of the tribes, if you remember, means door to life. This violation leaves us with the conclusion that the person of betrayal is saying this, quote-unquote, I am overwhelmingly the door to life and I find contentment in strife. Undoubtedly confessing that they are rising above the throne of God, who is the judge, to rail judgment upon the victim, which is vengeance, repaying evil for evil. And of course we call this Godship. Identity matter statement is this. A person of betrayal is not only content with fighting, they are passionate about it. They desire immediate justice. They rise above God's throne to mandate payment and deliver the sentence of their judgment even if they must commit relational physical murder to do it. If you news channel people want to understand why this world is out of control and why the murder rates are going up faster than you news can tell it because of your media blackouts, I'll give you this little piece. This is the golden key of understanding why murder is increasing by numbers that they can't even post on television. It will send a panic throughout the world if we actually knew the level of death and destruction that takes place in one day. The horrid stories of children and mommies and daddies and on and on, the stuff that is done to them because of this topic. But just like we've been trained to turn off the radio, to put the cell phone away, to, to block out, do our own media blackout, it doesn't change the facts of what we're talking about tonight. You see, there is good news in bad news. If the doorway that is being presented to us is Jesus Christ, I would love to have you text me or call me at 602-292-2982 and show you the way, the doorway, the den. But if you don't take that doorway, judgment will come knocking at your door. As Old Testament legalistic is that you want to call that, it will knock at your door. No human will escape it. Not even Jesus got to escape it. He not only had to fulfill the law, he had to take the punishment for it for three days. And you think you're big enough that you can skirt around that through your lies and cowardly 
behavior of gossip and betraying people because you're a coward. You don't understand the gospel. And this is a ex-coward speaking to you on this topic. This is a big problem. We hope that you rejoin us. This is going to be kind of a tough couple of weeks we're going to get through because we're dealing with the law aspect of betrayers. So uh, hang with us. I invite you back to the next podcast. And we enjoyed having you uh, listen to us. And I would enjoy it more if you would send me some kind of text message or social network message that you have heard the podcast. And those of you who would like to send me things that are not quite so appropriate, hopefully that will be a doorway to show you the truth. Thank you for joining us. been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.